Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. This week, joining us, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So, this is Grand Funk Railroad. I guess they came out maybe 1968, 69. It was a three-piece band, uh, and you had uh, the lead guitarist and singer was a guy named... Mark Farner, big tall guy. They were from Detroit. And this guy was very mouthy. He talked about what a great guitarist he was, how good looking he was, how all the chicks loved him and everything. And one time it was rumored that he was at a concert and he he said some stupid thing like, I'm the best guitarist in the world. And Jimi Hendrix or somebody was sitting there, and probably not Jimi Hendrix, probably Eric Clapton. And they stood up and said, yeah, really? And it, it was funny because he was cocky, loud, but some of their music actually has weathered fairly well. I mean, you know, he was, he was such a loud guy that it hurt their musical appreciation because of his ego, really, Mark Farner. But then you look at all the other three-person groups that came out. Mountain with Leslie West. In fact, pull up on Spotify there and play Mississippi Queen. Now, that's another three-person group. Then you had the James Gang, which was, of course, the place where Joe Walsh, who's now a member of the Eagles, kind of came onto the scene. But the it was that very tight three-person sound. So you got a guitar, a bass, and the drums, and that's it. Not a whole lot of mixing and overdubbing. And then a vocalist like this. Same kind of sound as Mark Farner. But only three people. They fill it up really well. And, you know, so that's only three. That's three musicians, and that's it. So now one more. Fade that one out. All right, now play funk number 49 by the James Gang. Once more, it's a three-person band, a very tight sound, and there's been a lot of people who try to keep duplicating this sound. It's very hard to do, even though you might think it would be easy because it's like playing tennis. As a musician, you are totally exposed. Once more, three people. Now, who was a three-person band that played in your all's time? Same kind of sound. Type. You make us sound like we're, like, decades younger than you are. That's okay, though. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're about eight. Okay. 
the almost poli- a decade. We are almost a decade. Well, aren't we, did you all grow up listening to the Police? Yes, that was a college band, wasn't it, Missy? Okay, another three-person band. It makes a very tight sound. See, that's just Joe Walsh on the guitar, uh, this Dale Fox guy on the bass, and um, Peters or whatever his name was on the drums. So that that's way tighter than even the Beatles. You know. Anyway, it's just something I thought you'd. I don't know if anybody's interested in this kind of stuff. Nobody sends me, you know, an email and says, so "Wow, if, that was a really breakthrough moment for me." Yeah, so that's when an invitation. T- when you t- yeah, for well, you to send know. him an email at tdupree at dupreefinancial.com and give him feedback. Yeah, on his. I, I've shows. asked before, and I never get. Yeah, sometimes you do. Why don't we have a big Facebook page on this thing? We, you know, anyway, we should. But we've got right. a Dupree Financial group. I know, but yeah. we need a show facebook page okay i'm gonna read the psalm psalm 63 oh god you are my god earnestly i seek you my soul thirsts for you my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water so i have looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life My lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. The psalmist speaks about his relationship with God in almost sensuous terms, very sensate. You know, one of the things about the Old Testament uh, writers is that they did not hesitate to use um, comparisons to the flesh. You know, they didn't try to make the spiritual be some thing that was apart from their life walking around on the earth. You know, they they would make comparisons that anybody could relate to. Same thing, Jesus often would talk in agricultural terms. He would talk about seed being, you know, scattered, um, uh, uh, maidens with uh, oil in their uh, in their uh, um, uh, lanterns and, uh, you know, variety of agricultural terms that were real life that people could really relate to. So, you know, back then um, things were, uh, everything was kind of close to everything. You could probably, if it were, if if you were driving in a car today, and you went into the Holy Land, you could probably drive to every place that Jesus went in his life in 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's all, you know, I mean, what is it, 10, 12, 15 miles, you know, so. so Nice segue. In, in, <laughs> in, in city planning terms, it's like some of these, 
city planners of, of today are deciding, well, you know what? That's not such a bad idea. I mean, it was good enough for Jesus in his time to sort of keep everything within a 15-minute radius. Um, and why do people really need to, you know, go to Ohio? or something? Well, what do you need in Ohio? You've got it here. Why would you want to go there? Or, God forbid, Tennessee, you know. Um, and so this idea of having things very close uh, to other things is now uh, become a thing, a thing, and um, you have the people who are, are purveyors of this idea of being able to get to everything you want to within 15 minutes or you also have uh, that. It's also called the smart city. Yeah, smart city. And now you have one side that's saying, let's do this. And the other side that is saying, wait a minute. Uh, you're, all you're trying to do here is uh, infringe upon our rights. So, Missy, I, I kind of have a suspicion where you might come down on this. But, I mean, well, I don't know. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think that always. Any- any idea that is being pushed by the global elite that, by the way, you know, refers to you, me, Elizabeth, anybody else listening as useless eaters, um, that there, there should be a little bit of a healthy skepticism. Um, when, I, when I sent you, I actually sent Tom a bunch of articles on the whole 15-minute city concept, and I have been watching this, this subject percolate pretty pretty nicely since particularly since this january and again when well, i see probably since covid really and and it the whole idea as i was i was trying to explain to you has been reinitiated because of the pandemic it's almost like um it's like the it's like the red cart uh, the red excuse me the red carpet rollout for an idea that kind of you know on the surface sounds it sounds curious let right? me tell you something all these people want is global domination of their ideas. And it isn't socialism. It's communism. It is, you know, and, and oh, you're so passe. You're so dumb for saying that. No, that's that's what they want. They want mind control. They want body control. They want your life to be. Look what the Chinese did to people during the most recent lockdown. You can't come out of your thing. Welded them into their apartments. Well, that's the one, that's at the very beginning of COVID. But then there was a thing flying over saying where people were screaming and it, it said, you know, you should suffer or some, what did it say uh, about them suffering? Because you told me that it, it said something about you know uh yeah that suffering was kind of your duty yeah um, you're supposed to suffer as a chinese in this thing so this is a thing where and and people believe this i saw a thing where these wealthy white women in i think it's denver are going to these um to these get-togethers where uh there's two or three black women there who basically it's like a struggle session. It's they go there. The white women do who have plenty of money to be berated for their racist attitudes and to be told. Now, let me ask you this. How is it that 
most of them probably came from somewhere like Chicago or, you know, most of the people in Denver moved out there from Chicago or St. Louis or somewhere. How are that? How are they racist? They're not from Mississippi. They, you know, they're not slave owners, but they've been told that just because they breathe and eat, they're racist and they buy into it. People buy into everything nowadays and they'll buy into this 15 minute city thing that, what do you think? There are so many willing sheep in Fayette County, Kentucky and downtown Lexington. This city's full of it. Uh, and they'll fall for this. Well, that's what I wanted. To, that's why I wanted to talk about it because I think that on the outside, you know, it's, it, to, for everybody that's listening, you know, this 15 minute city concept or smart city is an ur- urban concept in which basically your needs are met within a 15 minute bike or walk. This has nothing to do with cars. This is about, this is about conveniences. And so you're thinking to yourself, well, that sounds perfectly reasonable, right? That sounds perfectly reasonable. Why, why, you know, what, what is, what would be the issue with that? Wouldn't that be nice to have all of your needs met by a bike or a walk? Now, never mind that that doesn't include the infirmed, the elderly, people that can't bike or walk, but let's, we're moving on. We're assuming we're able-bodied, right? Why should you be paying attention to this? It's because if you, smart is only smart meaning as in clever, smart when it is limiting what you do outside of that 15-minute walk or bike is where you should kind of start, as I said, have a little bit of skepticism. Well, every now and then, do you get like a 30-minute pass? (laughs) That's the interesting thing. Yeah. Okay, so according to the World Economic Forum's website, in May of 2023, which, by the way, Biden has signed off on this, and this is where I wanted to let you know, I, I zipped off an email to Andy Barr because I said, I want, I want the United States to stop funding the World Health Organization, and I want them to stop participating in the World Economic Forum. I, I, I would like to see more independence in thought, word, and deed from those two organizations. We are currently on a path to follow the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization that will determine all of our actions for anything going forward. So in this 15-minute this this 15-minute city concept, May of 2023, according to the World Economic Forum website, there will be smart city initiatives that will go in effect in 36 countries worldwide. All right. You're thinking, again, what's the big deal? It is a digital tracking mechanism. So, for instance, if you... You know, if they're able to see everything that you do, everything that you spend, and basically it's almost like a passport. Well, I mean, they could find that out on me or you right now anyway. I mean, you know, all they got to do is hack into my credit card stuff. They see what I spend. Look at my checking account. Look at my bro. They could find all that stuff on me right now if they wanted to. I would think that, I mean, I think a lot of people, um, you know, their their spending habits, you know, the cookies that follow you as you're going about your website, um, you know, purchasing and whatnot. But but if you look at. I mean, my phone knows where I've been. Sure. I, I uh, 
I get on there and it knows if I drove to Knoxville or Florida or somewhere. And, well, and that's but that's the piece is that so so once it becomes you know in this particular in this vehicle of the smart city or the fifteen minute concept, it'll be even easier for them to find out if you leave your grid and if you have used too many services in your grid, you were penalized or they will find you. And that's currently going on in Oxford, by the way, that there are certain roads, Oxford, England, where you can't leave. So in the city of Oxford, they have blocked streets, essentially locking people in their neighborhoods vehicle wise. That, that's current. Is it only Oxford, or is it Oxford is the only one that I am aware of um, in the mm-hmm. in the information? Well, people, that's let me tell you something that works well in quote education educated communities because these are the people that buy into this stuff. Did you see Candace Owens talked about? Um, oh, what's the guy's name? He did that waking up uh, website, and he's a big intellectual and a big atheist. And basically, it's only really educated people are the ones that believe this kind of stuff. It's the idea that too much education actually makes you, or of this of a certain kind at least, you become regressive. You you don't think like a practical person anymore. Well, that's why I was I began and said you know it seems so reasonable because you know I mean if you if the focus is on ease convenience reducing your carbon you know carbon footprint you know people are like nodding their heads thinking okay that's not an issue but when you start when you introduce the element of that your freedom of decision making to go to Rupp Arena to see the basketball game but you're coming out of your you're coming out of your neighborhood or that you want to go to Florida to go to the beach or and that you know th- that your freedom to make decisions to do things that you want to do to go price shop maybe you want to go to the Sam store. Harris the guy's name is Sam Harris he, he's brilliant but he's an idiot go ahead well and of course marrying with a little extra to that is is that i was also doing a little research on some laws that are governing the 2030 land development which allows governments to seize polluted lands and move residents let me tell you i'm starting to think about east palestine ohio well let me tell you another thing um in eastern kentucky this is going on right now uh you had tremendous flooding FEMA has taken over the entire process of letting people get back. And without saying it, what they're doing is they're slow walking the permitting process of letting people rebuild because the idea is to discourage people from rebuilding where they used to live. It's going on in a lot of places. And uh, this, it's not, it's no joke. I mean, Sweden. Um, when Adarsh and I went there in 2016, that's been seven years, they already uh, had pretty much totally embraced digital currency. We went to visit a big bank there. I think it was called Swedbank. All over Sweden, they only had five locations that deal in cash way you buy something you point your cell phone and that's the deal what if you don't have a cell phone i mean you know that's 
and it's a great country. It's nice people, but Molly's suggestion is that it, to me it looks like a Trojan horse. Of course for, it is. All right, You're we got to go, you all. Right. I gave you a lot of rope. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Take Show with right Missy Clifton. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. All Season 3 episodes are available now. Stream every episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like the After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download the Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. It hadn't changed into that thing yet. Well, you can talk and then stop talking when it does. Turn it up. This goes on for a while. This is more of Grand Funk Railroad. There we go. See, it's like the whole mood change. Like two songs in one. Turn it up. This part's good. was the part I wanted to hear. It's a hell of a song. It goes on for 10 minutes. You know, it's kind of like MacArthur's Park. 
Remember that song by that Richard one. Harris? Play play that one. MacArthur's Park by Richard Harris. Anyway, um, so one of the things that we've kind of talked about on here is, you know, medicine. What is medicine? Go ahead and play it. Uh, we can do two things at once. Um, what is medicine? What is health? What is sickness? Remember that song? I do, but I like the previous one better. Well, I'm I, I'm not saying it's a, it's that kind of song. It's it's theatrical, you know. This came out on Top 40. He was a famous actor. And Jimmy Webb wrote this song. I think we played it before because of the Jimmy Webb connection. It's a seven-minute song, and they played the whole thing. This was when, you know, 1968, 69. They played it on Wacky. You got all these two-minute songs, and then this thing comes out. Nobody said it's got, doesn't have a snowballs and chance in hell of, and it becomes a hit. God is parking in the rock. It's a cake. Someone left the cake out in the rain. And I don't think that I can take it. Oh, Lord. It took so long to make it. <laughs> Should I mean it? I'll never oh, have yeah. <laughs> that recipe again. Oh. We, we were discussing medicines and health. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get carried away sometimes. It's just an occupational hazard. So anyway. Good entertainment. Yeah. You don't, you, did you ever remember hearing that song? Not sung that okay. way. All right. So what is health? What is medicine? Now, I've always been taught, and this, no, I know I've not always been taught this, but I learned it the hard way that the body is its own healer. What is healing? Well, that is the body coming back into balance after being out of balance. I mean, that would be the way I would describe healing. From any malady, it could be something that's, you know, based on a germ or a a virus or something like that, or it could be from an accident where you were hurt or broken an arm or whatever. But even in those cases, the body is the best healer and that intervention should be minimal if it can be. Then what happened was we had the introduction of penicillin because there were amoebic-type diseases that people were dying from. You had infant mortality. You had people that were dying from, at, at, at an early age, infant mortality was very high, and you had the introduction of penicillin, and it was an absolute game changer 
because now we had this antibiotic that could essentially, you know, get rid of a lot of horrible amoebic type diseases. And some would say that even penicillin was not a good thing. Some of your hardcore uh, allopathic, holistic type physicians, oh, you shouldn't even use. Well, there were doctors back when I was growing up that really, really, really hesitated to prescribe antibiotics. And then somehow it shifted to um, where they prescribed them too much. You know, where you well, if, if they thought you had an infection of some sort. Okay, let's look at a recent thing like Lyme's disease. You know, this seems to be kind of a new thing. We don't even really know where it came from. I don't think you heard about people getting Lyme's disease 100 years ago. But isn't it uh, when the deer tick and it, it comes well, from other a, animals? It's some kind of a viral thing. But it comes from other animals that the tick bit, right? Kind of like heartworm for dogs. I don't know. I don't know. It could it be invented? Sure, could be one. It could be invented just like COVID was invented because it's a neurological thing. Well, the point is, it's almost a hundred percent sure what I've been told that if you if you've been bitten by a tick, you go ahead and get a course of uh, of an antibiotic, and that your chance of getting Lyme's disease is relatively low. But see, back in hundred years ago you had things like malaria. So now you have quinine and, and anti malarial drugs. They're not really I don't I'm not a doctor. I don't know that they're antibiotic per se, but they are in some ways that way. So the real beneficial medicines would be classified along the lines of getting rid of amoebic type diseases. Now over time we know that if everybody got completely healthy, they wouldn't sell any antibiotics. And they're in business to make a profit. When did, you know, rather than saying, I have a hammer and I will travel to where you've got a nail for me to hammer on, when did we go from there to, I have a hammer, and everything's a nail. In other words, when 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 did we, as a society, who have, you know, drug companies and pharmaceutical companies, get to the point where now diseases are being invented or come and up with advertised to to make you feel like you need a thing. Well, part of it is we lost faith in the body's ability to heal itself. We lost faith in our own immune systems. Well, and then you also look at the nutrition part of things. Oh, absolutely. And and what's available on the shelves in the grocery store. And you know what? I saw people who typically you think of health food, hippies, left-wingers, right? All into health food. I saw people before my very eyes 
go from being strong proponents of a strong immune system to completely sucked in to what the pharmaceutical companies were telling them. Even to the point now that Pfizer gives a million dollars to the Republican Party of Kentucky and there's not a peep because people have become... It's like the drug companies became our saviors. We won't ask the question as to whether it was a concocted disease or not with a vaccine. I mean, I, I heard uh, I heard a, uh, a talk by the Fed chairman, Jay Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve. Well, you know, he was asked if all the money printing contributed to inflation. Well, we'd never seen this before, and we didn't know. So we, you know, economies were shutting down, and we didn't have vaccines that worked. And uh, and then, you know, he goes on, and you don't hear any counter to this in the mainstream press, but I have studied the pharmaceutical com- companies for 40 years and I've never invested in pharmaceuticals because it always appeared to me that they were a hammer waiting for a nail. What, to your point, you know, their profit motive is directly at odds with their supposed intent to heal. Yes, because they, all right, I'll give you an example. Can't think of the name of that company. Uh, we own some stock in it. Now, this is a case where the the drug worked so well, it essentially cured hepatitis C. And it kind of put them out of business because that was their big drug. Listen, I'm not against medical technology. I've been on boards that are looking for cures to things. I believe in it. It's when, but, but, but I was on one board (laughs) where I began to realize they're not trying to find a cure. Everybody's getting paid a lot of money to do the research for the cure. If they found a cure, they'd all be out of business. And that's the point that you're making it's not that the drug companies should be abolished. It's that how serious are they about healing versus selling drugs? Right, and I get it. I get that the, you know, the development of new treatments and medical innovations cost money. What I don't want is for public health officials, government officials, to be in bed with big pharma. That horse is already I would like for them not to have, you know, it would be nice to not have financial conflicts, any conflicts of interest in the testing, in the regulation, and in the, you know. You should have been saying that a long time ago. Well, but that's that. that, You didn't have a radio show to say it on, right? (laughs) Well, and this is. Let me ask you a question. Have you always felt this way, or did all your ideas about this get catalyzed since COVID? 
they completely got on steroids since COVID, since night, since 2020. I got you. There, everything just seems to throw a red, you know, a, a huge red flag. But did so, you always sort of believe that way anyway? Was that part of your wiring, your psychological wiring? I, I always, you know, um, I took uh, informed consent to its its to its utmost nature, and I always I tried to educate myself. I looked at it as though when you thought about becoming were, a doctor, what was your motivation? The, you know, went 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 to help people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you oh, know, young Missy, I know, God. I know. Just, oh, just, young Melissa. Missy, Melissa. to be of service. <laughs> let me let me put it in a better way: to wait, be wait, of wait. service. What is it? <laughs> I wouldn't poo-poo that. I mean, why you know, are you making it sound like? Because it, it's 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 so unoriginal. But it was I wanted to be of service. <laughs> I wanted to be of service, I, and I, I, I listen. I have no problem with that. There's a lot of ways to be of service, right? But in a very so hands-on in a, way, in a strange way, in a very in a strange way, way, by talking about this stuff, do you think you're doing your doctoring a little differently? My doctoring a well, little differently. Oh, you mean educationally, okay. you know, that people should always know what they're putting in their body. Absolutely. They should but, be. But here's, here, here is the, here's the strange situation. I watch people at Good Foods sit there holding cans, mothers holding cans, looking at soup and hearing them discuss everything that's in those, you know, the two options and which one is the better one for them? And, and, and they were the first people to line up to get, you know, to get this, you know, the COVID, you know, COVID shot. I just, I, I'm, I'm shocked because if you were to ask them, do you know what's in that shot? They didn't know. They said, well, I don't know what's in hamburger either. Yeah, it's people. Let me tell you, this hasn't, this is not an overnight thing. People have been giving up their ability to think for a long time. Because they, and I got in trouble for thinking. I got fired from a job, you know, for asking the wrong sort of questions back early in my career, you know, because then I was a jerk about it. I mean, you know, young people are, they ask questions, they, they're mouthy. And that's the reason I was joking about Mark Farner, because I was the same way in the securities business, you know, and I didn't, I didn't have any humility. I didn't have, I hadn't been through any v v great difficulty in my life, you know, severe difficulties. And now I have, and I'm still here, you know, some of it is wisdom. It's like, what, tell me how you've suffered, you know, as a result of all this stuff that's gone on. Who, me? No, I'm just saying anybody. Well, um, you, this, this conversation, you're talking about you getting fired and this conversation is kind of poignant because yesterday was the, um, they had the oral arguments, uh, for Brooke Jackson, who was the Pfizer, uh, whistleblower, which is why we actually have all of the data now from the Pfizer clinical trials that they, they tried to suppress for like 70 some years. It's why we all now have that, um, for you to look at. It's the first and thing that's I why ever, they're making million dollar donations now. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> the state uh, and running bar. and running million multi million dollar Super Bowl ads. Yeah, and, also. and all over the uh, big screen down here at Rub Arena, Pfizer is everywhere on the 
uh, banner ads down here. Well, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure how long the illusion is going to keep going because well, um, I, I'm the there's a COVID lit- litigation conference in Atlanta next uh, this month, uh, the 25th and 26th. In Atlanta, it's already got a kind of a, a star lineup of speakers um, addressing all the attorneys in the country for and and they they are well, yeah it's now it's all the ambulance chasers the Morgan yeah, Morgan well, types. I, I kept saying they're, they're I, I all going to be for them to start you know yeah. With, this are, and they this, all de- donate tremendous money to Democrats. I mean, but it's going to be interesting when now they're going back and, you know, coming after what. It really gets they're biting down the to, hand that fed them. to where the most money can be made. You right. got it. Whether, right. it's, exactly, whether it's attorneys, whether it's pharmaceuticals. Big, uh, and, and it's going to, you know, I don't know if the insurance companies can really cover all that. I mean, malpractice or what have you. You think somebody want to put a policy on that? Weren't and there the potential really, claims? Really great discla- um, disclaimers, would you say? In, well, they, when, they, they basically inoculated the, themselves it, against um, coming after them. Right, right. That, that, you, you, that you, you agreed to it. We'll see how That's that where it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I've seen stuff get reversed. I, I know, judges can do crazy things, and they can basically contradict the law and pharmaceuticals are staying ahead of it by donating to the politicians that's right that's what you that's to i can't still can't get an answer out of our congressman about well where do you stand on that you know it's going to get embarrassing for some folks and it should you know i'm gonna tell you something and i'm gonna be real honest with you please do I go back and listen to my shows from 10 years ago, 15. I do not ever go back and cringe. Did I say that? Don't feel that way. I'm glad because I, I feel do very, sometimes. Well. <laughs> but that's, that's the you know, beauty of marriage, right? I don't, I do not feel bad about, I, I, I don't think I ever said anything, I hope, that I would say i wish i'd never said that you know what i'm saying i don't think you have either really I, missy's that way though she she's measured you're yeah she makes sure she doesn't say yeah you're listening to the tom dupree show no, she's pretty out there with missy clifton we'll be back in just a few minutes with our financial hour stay tuned and we'll, we'll be right back be real honest with you hopeful always I will take my life into my